Australia, how are you going? Here again. It is NBA Australia's Friday. TGIF, am I right? February 25, all day. And I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. We're back. That's right, it's back. NBA season's back. Second half of the season, the last third of the regular season, all the good stuff. And uh, we're here repping Strayer a bit. That's what we do. It says it on the tin. Anyway, uh, second half of the regular season tips off today. We've got seven things I don't care about for the rest of the NBA regular season and seven things I do care about. Nice. That's 14 things. <laughs> We've also got seven games today, so I kind of did the 7-7-7. Seven, seven, seven. Uh, We'll wrap all those up in the game wraps. I've got a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Dickhead of the week. Vladimir Putin. Uh, and, of course, we've got yeah, Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back takeouts where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian Playwatch and a special edition of the Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence and a game preview and pick for the entire weekend ahead. A lot of games, a lot of good ones too, I'll tell you that much. And uh, we'll finish over the co- cooking with Bainsey. A bit of a classic, I reckon. Because i got to run off and get to the pub. Right, episode 762 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Oh, you better. I guess if you're the Blazers, Shaq and Chuck are just like, nope, got to trade everybody. <laughs> Dame's gone. Nurk's gone. Everybody's gone. Anyway, uh, checks out though. Spot the light. Right, let's start today's show the way we start every show. You know, the daily whip around. It's the uh, last third of the season. All kicked off today. And of course, there's other big news going on, isn't there? Ukraine. Oh, jeez. Russia, what a shit show that is. Uh, so Shvim Mikhailuk and uh, Alex Len, the Ukrainian stepladder, uh, condemned, obviously, the attack from Russia on Ukraine. So they should, because it's fucked. What are you doing, Russia? Jesus. What a bunch of fucking psychos. Tell you that much. Now, I'm no fucking political scientist, <laughs> but at the same time, Going, oh, well, we've got, like, propped up separatist governments in these little provinces. We better in, like, I don't know, just take over the entire country. Yeah, good stuff. Morons. You know what sucks? War. This is an anti-war podcast. (laughs) NBA Australia is firmly against the killing of just people in general. Jesus, especially in wars. Fucking hell, what are you doing? Russia, pull your fucking heads in. Well, solve that. Uh, let's get into the NBA. Uh, Kemba! Big news from uh, the New York Knickerbockers of New York City. Uh, they're sitting Kemba for the rest of the season. Uh, he was the chosen one coming home. Having, you know, been bought out basically by the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Knicks are like, right, we're solving all of our problems. We'll get Kemba. Ah, oh, he's cooked. Fuck, we've also signed Evan Fournier. <laughs> Yes, that's right. We've doubled down. We've signed the entire Boston Celtics backcourt of last year. That was shit. Oh, jeez. In a surprise twist, it's uh, gone badly in Kemba. He's sidelined. Look, maybe he gets healthy. Maybe he comes into next year feeling good about it. But at the same time, it's not like he played a shit ton last year. So uh, here we are. Bit of a sad end to that uh, coming home story. Speaking of coming home, Goran the Flog Dragic. Coming to hang out with his best mate, Benny Simmons. In Brooklyn, that's right. After being waved by the San Antonio Bandera Spurs, Steve Nash put the hard word on his old uh, teammate. Sorry, Steve Nash, remember? He played with Goran the Flog Dragic. Remember the Dragon game in the 2010 playoffs? God damn, that was good. Either way, uh, he's going to be coming to Brooklyn. So, kind of cool, I guess. Best of luck with that, Ben Simmons and Goran Dragic. Uh, that's some frenemy vibes there, I reckon. 
Uh, you might remember, if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, remember when Goran the Flog Dragic was actually picked as an all-star ahead of Ben Simmons despite Simo dominating him across the board in all stat- statistical uh, achievements, prompting you know a run of anti-Australian bias from this here podcast that was taken all the way to the Australian Parliament by our friend of the program, Tim Watts MP. Uh, so yeah, Goran and Ben now on the same team. Love to see that. Other news, being which Jevion Carter was cut by the Nets to make sure that uh, they could fit all the people they've traded for in the last couple of weeks and uh, signed. So he's gone off to sign with the Bucks. You love to see that. Boogie! The Nuggets are signing Demarcus Boogie Cousins for the rest of the season. Love it. Love it. And uh, a bit of injury news. Here we go. Oh, actually, we'll start with Drew Banks as well. He got picked up. Drew Eubanks, a.k.a. Drew Banks. He's off to uh, Portland. He's playing today. Uh, Draymond's still out for a bit. Remember CP3 out for six to eight weeks after the uh, All-Star break. Thumb avulsion. And uh, AD still out as well with his uh, pretty brutal ankle. So uh, what else have we got? We've got Garland. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. And my sweet baby Garrett Slavert. So Garland, they're both out. They weren't, didn't play today in the uh, Cavs loss to Detroit. Uh, Garland has, look, he's got a bit of a back issue. It's a muscle in his back. It's been bothering him for a little while. Uh, they sat him after the All-Star break, and it's a bit of a rough one because they've got a tough schedule here, uh, the Cavs. So, I mean, it's a, just a rough break for Cleveland. Cleveland! And uh, Karras, my sweet baby, Karras is out to, what is it, one to two weeks with a foot injury. No one's entirely sure what it is. Hopefully uh, he's back soon. Bit brutal. Uh, other news, Kyrie Irving. That's right. Old NBA Kanye himself might be able to play home games in Brooklyn. Oh, Jimmy, did he get the vaccine like a fucking normal person? No, because he's a dickhead. It's just that New York City are going to probably phase out the vaccine mandate in the, in the next couple of weeks, according to the mayor, Eric Adams, and uh, that means Kyrie can play at home. He's still a fuckwit. And uh, speaking of fuckwits, Fat Man Hoop, Philly Clan! James Harden, back tomorrow for the Sixers. And they are psyched to the Sixers. <laughs> Harden day. Harden up. All right. Good stuff. Right. Uh, so that's basically all the news. Uh, there's still like reports of like LeBron and the Lakers front office fucking hating each other. No one's really surprised there. But uh, still kind of funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's just kind of funny. Uh, so let's get stuck into our seven things I want to see and don't want to see or talk about for the rest of the season. That's right, the regular season. That's what this is about. So the seven things I don't care about for the rest of the NBA season. Number one, the Suns lead over the Warriors. It's six and a half games. They've got an awesome schedule coming up, the Suns. 13 of their games go up against uh, teams that are under 500. So it's going to be fine. We saw it today. Booker filled in. He was great. No CP3, it's okay. They've got Aaron Holiday. They've got Campaign, who's coming back from his injury. They've got Alfred Payton. They've got one of the best coaches in the league. It's okay. Shush. The Warriors aren't going to get the one seed. The Suns are fine. It's all good. I just don't care now. Basically, lock it away. So that's all. I don't care about that for the rest of the season. The Suns have got the one seed. Whatever. Number two, the Houston Rockets. I just, I just don't care about them for the rest of the season. That is just... It's basketball abomination, basically, the Rockets. The fact that, you know, A, they started off the season by making the list by cutting our man Dante Sexum up Exum, who, by the way, won the Copa Cup over there in Barcelona. Uh, but the Rockets just, they stink. And not even like in just normal stinkiness. They're just bad and they're egregiously horrible. So I'm just, I kind of want to just pretend that they don't exist for the rest of the season because I just don't care about them. Like Jay Sean Tate. Sweet. Jalen Green, cool. Christian Wood, Scom- what ScoMo's got for, I don't know, sanctions against fucking Russia. They stink. No one cares. Fuck off. Leave us alone, Houston. Dame Lillard, number three. I don't care about Dame for the rest of the season. If he's not coming back, it doesn't matter. They, they're tanking. Like, they've shut down Nurk. Oh, that was one of the bits I missed at the start. Nurk, he's out four weeks. He's at least a month with plantar fasciitis in his left foot. Mmm, that's good tanking from the uh, Blazers. So... With Dame also on the shelf, Nurk now sitting, this is full-blown tank mode for Portland, right? And that's exactly what they should be doing. They've traded away CJ, they've traded away Robert Covington, they traded away Norm 
Pal, Norm, pal. Yeah, I don't have to hear anything about from Dame. Like, just in the broadcast, just go, yeah, Dame's working with the young dudes. He's been really good. He wants to kick her in. Right. Just just say that you're packing her up, boys, for the rest of the season and just we're good, right? I don't have to hear it. Like, the team's cooked this year anyway. Just pack her up. Dame, just go, look, I'm going to uh, rest. I'm going to get right. I've been fucked since last year's playoffs. I was horrible in the Olympics because of this injury. I'm just trying to get right. Off we go. The Clippers! Until At least until we get an update on Paul George or Kawhi. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about this team until the playoffs at all, right? Like, the regular season Clippers, if I have to watch more than two games of theirs, it's too, too many. Like, what are we doing? Like, the only interesting part about the rest of the regular season is going to be built into the stuff that I do care about. And that's going to be playoff seeding. Because if they end up playing the Lakers in a playing game, and maybe Paul George is back, maybe Kawhi is back, who knows? That would be kind of interesting. But until then, they're non-interesting playoff roadkill with a good coach and a bunch of vets, but they stink. Speaking of stinking, the Indiana Pacers are number five. They move the Suvlaki King. He goes to Sacramento. In return, they get Tyrese Halliburton, a.k.a. One of the least interesting, most sacram... He's basically, if Sacramento was a person, it was Tyrese Halliburton. And that shows you how fucked the Kings are by trading him away because they're fucked in the head. It's like, oh, no, we want to keep Darren Fox. No, you don't, you idiot. Speaking of which, he, uh, you know, he's out there basically defrauding folks with NFTs. Good on you. Well done, Darren Fox, apparently, allegedly. Uh, but either way, look. The Pacers, they move the Super Lucky King. I don't care. Miles Turner's injured. TJ Warren's injured. They've traded sweet baby carrots. I'm out. I'm done. I just don't care. They stink. Bye, Felicia. And another Eastern Conference team, despite their kind of fun young dudes vibe, which is like Kyle Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdavajar, Dan Gafford, etc. The Wizards, look, no Beal. Of just a zing, extreme zinger size question mark. Extreme zinger meal. They're only one game out of the plane, but all the teams in the East around them are better. So I feel like we can just pretend that the Wizards aren't there for the rest of the season, right? I do not care about them for the rest of the season. Uh, and trade talk is the last one. Number seven of the things I don't care about for the rest of this NBA regular season, trade talk. Just seriously, fucking hell. Can we just watch the games now? Like, this year's title feels wide open. There are some amazing teams. It also still feels like we could get a finals rematch, which would be sick. Bucks Suns would be gnarly. You know what I don't give a fuck about until like June? Where Dame Lillard, Brad Beal, Donnie Mitchell, Zion Williamson are going to be next season. I don't care. I care about this season right fucking now. You can't make any trades until after this season's done. So shut the fuck up. No one cares. Oh, there's like rumor, brother. I don't care. What's happening on the court right now? This is the nuts and guts of the season right now. It's awesome. We've got an amazing playoff race coming up. Shut the fuck up about next year. All right? Sound good? Good. Right. Seven things I do care about for next season. When do Box Hill Benny and Fat Man Hoop feel the clan get out there for the new teams? Well, Fat Man Hoop's going to be out there tomorrow, and it looks like Skinny Man Hoop already. I love that Harden basically just took off the fat. So he's like, oh, wait. So now I'm on a team I want to play for. I'm just, I should stop eating wings with all the hot sauce. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. Boom. Drops 20 pounds. Uh, But I'm fascinated. I care about this massively because look, how they acclimatize, how they fit in on their new teams. Like if it sucks, it's going to be awesome. If it's going to be good, it'll be even more awesome. Because, like, I'm done with all the talk, all the trade talk. That's happened. They've been traded. Now let's see what fucking happens when they're on the court with their new teams. That's what is going to make me fucking interested. Like, does Ben Simmons have any pride in himself in his game and in actually playing for his new team? I'm fast. Like, can he shoot free throws? Is he afraid? Is he a giant fucking sookie boy coward? Who knows? Does he come out like a fucking man cut to start the, like... His Brooklyn Nets career. I'm fascinated by this. Uh, is the Harden Embiid pick and roll unstoppable? How does Harden's game fit and affect Embiid's game? Like, is James Harden going to play any defense? <laughs> Are Philly going to have that horrible realization of like, ah, oh, fuck, 
We traded Seth Curry and Ben Simmons. Now we've got James Harden. We have to play Matty T 40 minutes just to cover for him. You know? Is Simo, flip side, a great fit next to KD and Kyrie, a.k.a. the best ball handlers and scorers he's ever played next to? You know? I care about this. I care about that massively. It's going to be awesome. The coolest part is they're in the same division. They're like, you know, a couple of hours by train away. That's so good. Bring it on. Box Hill Benny and Fat Man Hoop. Harden and Simmons. How do they fit on their new teams? I want to see. I completely care about that. In the West, I care about not that the Jazz and whether or not they could get the three seed from Memphis, but more so if the Grizzlies can catch fucking Golden State for the two seed because they are right there. Just saying. They're right there. Like the Grizz, 100% like nipping at the heels of the Warriors. They're two games back. It's 42 and 17 versus 41 and 20. Let's go Grizz. Like that's awesome. But like, You've got Steph, you've got Clay. We don't know when Draymond's going to be back. He's got a back. We don't fuck with back injuries here. Like, no one fucks it. Like, backs are fucked. Don't want anything to do with that. So, sure, they kicked the shit out of Portland today. Good bounce back. you love to see that. But at the same time, I mean, yikes. Uh, so, can the Grizzlies catch them? If Ja Morant has uh, avoided an injury from today's game, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, hopefully, you know, the Grizzlies like, hit a bit of a groove. Start absolutely laying motherfuckers out, and away we go. Uh, other West seeds as well. So this is basically the second thing I care about is West seeding and then what we can see. Can Dallas catch Utah for the four seed? Do Denver hold on to six? What happens at the bottom? Like Portland are tanking their way out of the 10 seed. Do the Pelicans now turn it on? Kick it up a notch. The San Antonio Banderas Spurs and the Pels are 23 and 26. Portland are about to be 25 and 35. Off they go. The Kings are right there lurking as well. Who knows? I love it. That's fascinating. What happens with the Lakers? Where do they end up? Oh, boy. Because I almost had the Lakers fall into the seven things I don't care about for the rest of the regular season, but I do because it's hilarious that they're in the nine seat. (laughs) It's never not going to be funny. Uh, Number three. Can the Cavs stick in the top four without Garland for a little bit and without Karras for a couple of weeks? They were. The feel-good story of the first two-thirds of the season, what happens in the last third? The like the East is so tight, and I'm about to talk about that in a second. Like, There's five and a half games splitting one through seven. Five and a half! One through seven. There's only five and a half. That's incredible. And then you've still got the Nets, the Hornets, and the uh, Hawks right there. So the Cavs, Cleveland, I mean... Cleveland! They're 35 and 24. They're in five. Can they eke back up? Doesn't feel like it. They've got a brutal schedule, but I'm fascinated to see how they bounce back. And really, number four, what the fuck happens in the East? Is I'm fascinated by this. Same as in the West. Who knows? You've got the top tier in the East. I want to say that's Milwaukee, Miami, Chicago. Chicago on top right now. Big win today over Atlanta. They're a half game up on the Heat. The Sixers are right there with the Bucks tied on 30, uh, basically three games back of uh, the Bulls. Until I see Harden and Embiid work together, I'm going to leave Milwaukee, Miami, Chicago alone in the top three. You got that next mid upper tier though of teams: Philly, Boston, one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. Philly and Boston are unreal, and then you've kind of got like the mid tier, which is Brooklyn, Cleveland, Toronto, and you've already got eight teams. Boom, done. That's insane. So you've got the lower mid tiers of Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, New York. What happens? This is incredible. Like the Knicks, from all the amazing feel-good stories of last year, for them to miss out on the playoffs entirely this year, and the play-in tournament, let alone, would be amazing and incredible. Uh, the Hawks are only just hanging on. They made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Can they move up ahead of the Hornets or the Nets? Who knows? Uh, it was a tough loss today, but what can, you, what can you do? Meanwhile, the Wiz, as I mentioned, not interested because they stink. And I stink. Don't really see them breaking into it, so that's crazy. But I'm fascinated to see how that all shakes out. Uh, Number five, the Rookie of the Year race. Everyone's like, oh, Mobley's got it sewn up. And I say, not so fast. Because the mop-top mumba, Josh Giddey's coming on hot. Scotty Barnes, Cade, Franz Wagner, hello. Uh, That's basically your top five, right? Mobley, Giddy, Barnes, Cade, and Franz. So I'm fascinated by this. Who hits the rookie wall? Does Mobley hit a bit of a rookie wall? Does Giddy hit a bit of a rookie wall? Having, you know, played so many minutes, been leaned on so heavily by their team. Same with Scotty Barnes, same with Cade, maybe. Uh, 
maybe with the limited minutes of Mobley and Giddy and Co, maybe they don't hit it. Can Jalen Green or Jalen Sugg step up? Who knows? Love it, though. Kaminga's been incredible for the Warriors, but the Rookie of the Year race is going to be unreal. And the number six, same goes in the MVP race. Usually, I'm a bit fucking hands up, like, oh, yeah, the MVP conversation. This year, it is a conversation because there's no clear favorite. This is unreal. Before the All-Star break, I'm like, yep, Embiid's it. But at the same time, it is a conversation because Embiid has been incredible. Joke has been incredible. Giannis has been incredible. DeMar DeRozan's been incredible. Steph's been incredible. Luka is getting there. LeBron, shit. Look, the thing is, I'm fascinated by this because there is a handful of folks playing right now, and it's right there for literally any of them to have a wildin' last third of the season and win the MVP. It's literally right there for, like, whoever wants to grab it can probably go and grab it. Like, if LeBron just goes, fuck it, I'm going to drag us from the, where are we, nine, 27 and 31. We're going to go on a big winning streak because I'm just going to play my ass off, average 35, 8 and 8 for basically six weeks, blow it out your ass. We're going to go, like, 18 and 4. He probably wins the MVP if he drags them, like, all the way up into, like, the six seed or something, which would be hilarious. But, like, if Joker and Bede, Yana, Steph, Luca. DeMar, who knows what's going to happen? That's why it's fascinating, and that's why I can't wait for the rest of this season. And finally, I think the biggest one is always going to be injuries. Who comes back? Who goes out heading into the playoffs? Hopefully we avoid any major injuries. Do we see Zion? What about James Wiseman? Will CP3 be okay for the playoff run for the Suns? Does Harden's hammy hold up? How about KD's knee? We've already seen him come back from one knee injury and blow an Achilles. Like, does LeBron hold up without AD? This is all fascinating. And it's going to have a big, 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 big impact on the rest of the season as well. And that's why I care about it. So injuries, people going out, people coming back. Keep your fucking eye on it. And I love it. Because that'll impact the games like no one's business. Right. So there you go. Seven things I care about. Seven things I don't care about for the rest of the season. I think that pretty much sums it up. All I'm excited about now, though, is some games. So let's do some game wraps right after... I reckon this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps are brought to you today by our mates over at Manscaped. That's right. You know it. You've got the performance package 4.0 that you need to get. Because our uh, mates from Manscaped just launched the fourth generation performance package. Uh, it includes the Lawnmower 4.0, which I'll tell you what, it is the greatest men's grooming product you'll find. And the leaders in male grooming have done it again to make sure your grooming game goes to the next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with a new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER. That's right. Seriously, I love it. Seriously, like, if you don't take pretty good care of your undercarriage. I'll tell you what, the best way to go about it is the Performance Package 4.0 because it's got all the bits that you need. You know, maybe you need to carve some initials into your pubes, whatever you need to do. It'll make you feel confident if you're looking good down there, you know what I'm saying? So, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped, it's worth the wait. It's unreal. you got the Lawn Mower, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, yeah baby, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a pair of uh, undies and a travel bag to hold it all. That's what it's all about. So you've got the lawnmower, which has got the uh, advanced skin-safe technology, the ceramic blade. I love it. No bloody nicks. That's what it's all about. Uh, the ear and hair trimmer, the, ear, <laughs> the nose and ear hair trimmer is amazing. I love the weed whacker. Uh, that'll sort you out. Because seriously, it's pretty unsightly. And then, of course, you've got the liquid formulations, the ball preserver, the ball deodorant, the crop preserver. There you go. The Ball Reviver, the Crop Reviver. Love that. Your balls will thank you. And uh, Manscaped will throw in the uh, boxes and the travel bag. So go check it out right now. All you need to do is get 20% off free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through a lot this last year, two years. So you better treat them nice with the best tools from the job by Manscaped. Right, today's games. Cleveland, we're back, baby. We're back. Cleveland. Seven games today. And uh, Cleveland lost in Detroit. What? Yeah. It was an awesome game. 106-103. This was fun. No Garland. No Karras. Uh, Levert 
Uh, Rondo started, which is hilarious. My sweet baby Karras, he was a... Look, it sucks that he kind of tends to get derailed by these little injuries here and there. But God damn, that one hurt me. Anyway, Ali Oops from Cade Cunningham to Marvin Bagley. You love to see that, the high draft picks. And it's like, yeah, Marvin Bagley, just let him run. Let him catch lobs from Cade Cunningham. This is awesome. Uh, but the Cavs are two of their big guns. They're up early but couldn't hold off the Pistons, and the Pistons sort of just kept coming at them. And I kind of picked this. like So I think uh, I had the Pistons plus 6.5. Felt pretty confident about it. Just Cleveland without a couple of their dudes. They've had a big all-star weekend. Detroit at home, chilling out, uh, feeling good about it. And then, boom, right down the stretch. This is awesome. Lowry, that's a girl's name, marketing, started making threes. Okoro smashed a three. Tied up with a minute and a half to go after a 16-5 run by the uh, Cavs. But Lowry misses a free throw. Cade hits a couple. Jarrett, go to the throw, Allen misses a shot in the paint. More free throws from Cade. And then, boom, down three. Lowry misses a triple. The Cavs get the board. Mobley misses a triple. They get the board. Goodwin misses a triple. Boom, game over. Detroit, hold on. It was crazy. It was fun. Great fight by both teams. Lowry ends up with 22-6. and six. Mobley with 12-8 and two blo- uh, three blocks. Three blocks also for go the throw, Jared Allen. He had 11 and 9 as well. Uh, Goodwin and 15 off the bench. Caleb struggled. 12 and 9 uh, for a rondo, but not much else really for the Cavs. Uh, the Pistons, Cade was pretty good. 17, 7 and 6. He and Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant couldn't hit the side of a fucking barn though. 4 of 16 for Cade and 4 of 15 for Jeremy Grant. He ended up with 16 points. Tell you what though, the Cleveland defense made Hamadou Diallo. Look like fucking just, I don't know, the second coming of a George Gervin of points. 21 points, 3-3 from downtown for Hamadou. He was definitely Hamadou, not Hamadon to you. Uh, Magruder went 4-4 four four from 3 at 12 points. And Bags with the 16-4, and four, as mentioned, looking good catching those lobs. Just let him run free, Detroit. I love this. Cleveland dropped to 25, uh, 35 and 24. Cleveland! And Detroit at 14 and 45. Boston, shit pump. Brooklyn, 129-106. Uh, yeah, this was from the get-go. It was like 8-2, and the Celtics just never gave up the lead. It was like a 20-point lead early in the second quarter. It's like, oh, yeah, pack her up. Brooklyn, no KD, no Kyrie, no Ben Simmons, no even gore on the flog tragic. Uh, Paddy couldn't hit a fucking shot, and, uh, yeah, they got smoked. So the Nets went 7-29 from downtown. Seth Curry had 22. He could only go 2-7 from downtown. Paddy ended up with one point. Ish, he might pop up again later. Bruce Brown had 15, 7, and 5, but yeah, Cam Thomas, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake, no one could, no one had any impact. The Celtics went 17 and 42 from downtown, though. Oh boy, that's 10 more threes. If you hit 10 more threes in your position, what do I always say here? Oh, bro, you probably got to win that game, mate. Tatum had 30, went 4 and 9 from downtown. He had a really good game. Also tried to throw a lob, to, oh, didn't throw a lob to Grant Williams. Grant Williams is like, I was calling for it, and Tatum's like, nah, man, I'm not going to throw that. What are you doing? Uh, Jalen Brown ends up with 18 points, 6 assists. Hit the ground hard there at one point. Uh, looked like he hurt his wrist, but he's okay. Marcus Smart went 5 and 6 from downtown for 15. Average L at 11 and 13. 12 and 11 for Time Lord. And the Celtics, as soon as they realized that Robert Williams, Time Lord, was like their best player, <laughs> they've been unstoppable. They're now 35 and 26. Brooklyn at 31 and 29. Chicago beat Atlanta on a buzzer. Well, not a buzzer beater, but an amazing stretch run from DeRozan there, 112-108. DeMar was on a heater to start off. He had a dozen in the first six minutes and uh, just was absolutely obliterating. And then it was Seesaw the rest of the game. It was awesome. All the way down the stretch, the Bulls would get up. Then Atlanta would claw it back. Like there was a, the Bulls looked like they'd sort of salted this away. Then there was a nine-zip run right at the end of the fourth by the Hawks. They took the lead. And it's like, holy crap, they're going to win this. They've pulled this out of nowhere. DeMar Rosen gets fouled, ties it up. Capella gets a big dunk. Gallo hits a free throw. It's a three-point game. But they couldn't quite put it away. Trey and Bogdan both miss threes. Then DeMar hits an awesome pull-up jumper. Ayo, Dosunmu blocks Trey's layup. 15 seconds left. DeMar decol-blooded. Bang! Hits the go-ahead jumper and one. Bogdan misses a three. Javante Green gets both free throws after he snags a rebound, which is pretty good because he hadn't been playing great offensively all game. Hits both the free throws. They're up four. Danilo Gallinari misses the three at the Horn. Bulls win. Crazy game because Trey stunk, right? He goes for 14 points. Oh, Jimmy, that's not bad. He shot three of 17. Yeesh. Ten assists. Gallo and Bogdan carried him, right? Gallo had 26. Bogdan, 27. Uh... 
think Capella had 14 and 17, but Kevin fucking what up? 4 of 11, DeAndre Hunter 0 of 4, Lou Will 1 of 6, just not quite good enough. Meanwhile, the Bulls, look, the Hawks went 8 of 23 from uh, 3. 8 of 28, sorry, from 3. The Bulls went 8 of 27. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, DeMar, 37. He's incredible. He's going to pop up again later. Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, big all-star weekend for him. His knee, look, his knee looks okay. He doesn't look quite as jumpy as you'd expect, but uh, look, hopefully he's all right. 20 and 5 for him. Vooch, 12 and 10. Hey, oh, 12, 6 and 3. Tristan Thompson makes his Bulls debut. Just a whole new city for him to bang his way through. 11 and 6, very handy. The Hawks dropped to 28 and 31. Chicago, it's a big win, 39 and 21. 28 and 31 for the Hawks. Is it what I said? I don't know, 39 21. There's just a lot of dyslexia going on right now and a lot of coffee in my brain. Minnesota held off Memphis, 119. Big comeback, 15 point comeback, and they won. 119, 114. Back and forth affair. Ja Morant did like a weird sort of slip. Grabs at his left leg. Look, left leg. It looks like he's like pulled a hammy or hurt his hip or something, and it sucked. And everyone's like, "Oh shit!" He's walking around gingerly, looking like he pretty hurt, you know pretty badly hurt himself. And then he's back on the court to start the fourth quarter. Ja Morant, you legend. Problem is, he was out there scoring, helping him get through it all. And then D'Angelo Russell, D'Lo, just hit big shot after big shot. Rip through move after rip through move, and you'd think Memphis would fucking learn not to go. Uh, turns into an absolute grizz killer. And this is what D'Angelo Russell does on the odd occasion, right? He'll just look like the fucking best player in the NBA. He carries himself like he's the best player in the NBA all the time. He plays maybe five games a year where he actually looks like it too. He's like basically the poor man's Kyrie, you know? And I'll tell you what, Minnesota versus Memphis, give me a playoff series of this, would you? Holy shit, it was awesome. So Ja, he went... A bit of a uh, tough, what was it, 7-25 from the floor. 0-4 from downtown. Ends up with 20 points, 8 rebounds and 4 assists. Zaya Williams with 21-7-11. He was good, Zaya Williams. 21-11 for Jade Triple J. Desmond Bain, though. This was the problem. Jar and Desmond Bain going a combined 12-40. of Yeesh, 5-15 for Desmond Bain. For his 14 points. 10-8 for uh, Brandon Clark off the bench. Taz Jones, Taz Jones went 1-6 off the bench, too. And uh, look, the Wolves, talk about lighting up from three. They went 16 to 42 from downtown. D'Lo ends up with 37. He had 23 points in the fourth quarter. Absolutely massive. Carl Anthony Towns up with 22 and 11. Uh, the Ant-Man, completely off the boil offensively in the last few weeks. One of 11 from the floor. Brutal scenes. Oh, six from three. But his defense is pretty gnarly. And uh, Malik Beasley stepped up off the bench as well. 17 points, five of seven from downtown. Memphis now dropped to 41 and 20. Minnesota, 32 and 28. Phoenix uh, held off OKC, 124-104. Pretty crazy one. So very quickly, we got the answer to the question, what are they going to do without CP3? They go big. They start Cam Johnson. They turn to point book. Devin Booker handling the ball. It worked. Uh, held the Thunder with a 14-point first quarter. Then they fought all the way back, 17-3 in the, to finish off the second quarter. Only down three points at the half. And... It should have only been one, but Giddy had the ball sort of just slapped away by Jay Crowder right in the last second, basically, of the second quarter. But anyway, Phoenix got rolling in the third, got back up 13, and then the Thunder came out of nowhere. Poku Poku was doing crazy shit. Roby was hitting threes. Suddenly, it's a three-point game. Shamwell kept uh, Phoenix, you know, struggling along then. Bang. Cam Johnson hits a three. Bridges gets a cutting alley-oop. Booker gets a couple of shots to go. Crowder smashes the three. Cam Johnson hits another three. Boom. It's a 17-4 run, 15-point game, Phoenix win. The Suns are still terrifying. The Thunder, you love them, you love their fight. SGA had 32, he was awesome. Giddy with 15, 9, and 6. Poku had 13. Trey Mann, bunch of steals, 11 points, 5 of 13 shooting. Though The Thunder, though, you just love their development. God damn, they're just a bunch of fighters. The Suns, Booker had 25, 5, 12, and 6 steals. That's right, 25 points. Five rebounds, 12 assists, and six steals. He was awesome. 21, 5, and 4 for Bridges. 21, 4, and 5 for Cam Johnson as a starter. 4 of 8 from downtown. DeAndre Ayton, he was all right. 6 and 8. He did have five turnovers. Not a great. Shan Wow hit a couple of threes for his 10 points. And Aaron Holiday out there with 12. OKC dropped to 18 and 41. Phoenix, 49 and 10. And then the last two games, we had the Nuggets hold off the Kings, 128, 110. Uh, they really just sort of put the foot on the gas down the stretch in the uh, fourth quarter. 
just kind of eked out enough of a lead that the Kings just could never fight back into it. They had 36, I think, in the fourth quarter. It was pretty gnarly. Good win. The Nuggets needed that. I had the I picked the Kings in this because I thought, you know, at home they'd be fired up. They didn't account for Will Barton just going absolutely ham and destroying everybody. <laughs> so uh, the Kings, the Suvlaki King, Demarcus Sabonis uh, in his natural habitat, the Kings together, 33-14-6. He was awesome. Darren Fox, 20 points, 4 assists as well. Unfortunately, not much help elsewhere. 14 for Harrison Barnes, 11 for uh, Jeremy Sleepy Eyes Lamb. Uh, but Davion Mitchell goes 3 of 10, 1 of 4 for Juzzy Holiday. Just not enough there. They go 9 of 29 from downtown. Meanwhile, the Nuggets went 15 of 35. So, yep, makes a bit of a difference. Also, if you let the Nuggets shoot 55% from the field, you should probably lose. And they did. 31 for Will the Thrill. 11 of 17 shooting for him. He was awesome. 25, 12, and 9 with four steals for the Nikola Jokic. Hello. 19 for little Monty Morris as well. And Aaron Air Gordon, 12, 6, 3, and 3 with uh, the last one being three steals. Bones Highland, I love him. He went 2 and 9. But look, Austin Rivers at 9. 8 for Brynn, your mum's best mate, Forbes. Big win for Denver. Sacramento dropped to 22 and 39. Denver, 34 and 25. And lastly, the Blazers shit pumped. The Blazers. The Blazers are up 10 early in this one. They end up losing 132.95. That is insane. That is just such a crazy stat line. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was like they actually led after the first quarter and then the Warriors just stomped them. And the crazy part was for the Warriors, it's not like a big blowout Steph or Clay game. They sort of just had everybody scoring. They had eight players in double figures and uh, a shit ton of assists on made buckets early on. And it just sort of discombobulated Portland and they couldn't quite catch up, you know. So uh, Portland, Simon's at 24. He's lighting it up in 29 minutes. He was – some of this – I just love his confidence. He's unreal. He shot 7-14, 4-7 from downtown, 24-3-3. Uh, 14 for Justice Winslow. It's nice to see him at least find a home now. Josh Hart with 12-6-4. Uh, not much else to really write home about for the Blazers. Drew Eubanks got a start in his first game for them. Um but really nothing else really going on. Benny McLemore, that was a horrible game for him. 0 of 6. That's some spot of the night territory. Meanwhile, for the Warriors, 18 and 14 assists for Steph Curry. 18 for uh, Clay Thompson. He shot 6 of 11, 4 of 7 from downtown. You love to see that. Uh, 17 for Kaminga. Come bucket, 17 and 8. He was unreal. 15 for Pooh. And uh, 10 each for Andrew Wiggins. He shot 4 of 13 into all-star Andrew Wiggins. Kayvon Looney, GP2, a.k.a. the Mitten, Gary Payton the second, and uh, Otto Porter ended up with 10 as well. That's a big win, 132.95. Good win for the Warriors. Blazers dropped to 25 and 35. Mm, that's good tanking. And the Warriors at 43 and 17. Let's do an NBA Australia pre performance of the night. <laughs> that's not that nice. That's a nice. Ah, oh, Devin Booker, first son in franchise history to have 25-plus points, 12-plus assists, six steals, and five-plus rebounds. Still, he's not DeMar DeRozan. 37-6-3. The game-winning bucket uh, gets them back into the game and gets them over the hump. Clutch as hell. 37-6-3. He's remarkable. He's going to bump up again later, but he shot 15 of 21 and 2 of 3 from downtown. So clutch. So amazing. In the MVP race, DeMar DeRozan. What an absolute weapon. God damn, he was good. And this is the dude that I spent fucking years upon years upon years bashing for being horrible in the clutch. He very clearly took that constructive criticism on board and went, wait, Jimmy's right. I need to be better. And he's thrown it in my face. Good stuff. He was amazing, though. He's going to pop up again later, too. Spud of the night, though. Spud, 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 he went 1 of 3 from the free throw line. 0 of 9 from the floor. 0 of 5 from downtown. Oh, jeez. It's like even sitting next to Simo is like affecting his game. So uh, Ant-Man, he was, as mentioned, 1 of 11 is absolutely brutal as well. And uh, I just mentioned Thrift Shop. 
going a pretty brutal 0 of 6, all of which were from downtown in 17 minutes. Uh, but Paddy Mills, that was just early on, he was trying to gun it. And this is the thing Emo Udoka has said, we know how to shut down Paddy Mills. Uh, <laughs> I think at the Olympics. And Paddy's with the I don't give a fuck. But then today, it's like, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Got to shut down. That's the only, that's the big problem, obviously, when it's like you and Seth Curry, basically the only weapons on your team, along with cooked Blake Griffin, Griffin and uh, cooked LaMarcus Aldridge. But So tough one for Paddy, getting a uh, spot of the night. But look, I calls it how I sees it, <sighs> even if I love him. Oh, mate, no, mates. Old mate, no 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 mates. Who's got no mates today? Zion. I love that one. Getting called out by JJ Reddick and then CJ McCollum and the bloke's fucking scrambling to get posts up on his socials about how he loves his guides and stuff. It's been fun. And I think this is exactly kind of what uh, I would have liked maybe. I know that Philly were pretty much kind of like, well, we knew we want Simo to come back and play for us. And we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of like Joel Embiid, but like Joel Embiid's sort of trolling Simmons here and there. Zion not putting in a call to CJ McCollum or at least just like acknowledging him is fucking weird. And I'm glad that JJ Reddick called him out on it. But JJ Reddick basically, if you missed this, was like, yeah, hey, if there was anything I could do for the team, like I'd sort of, you know, if I had to, you know, shoot them a message or something, uh, anybody join the team, you just say, g'day, what's going on? And Zion, and as JJ pointed out, I was never the best player on a team ever, uh, you know, in the NBA. And Zion is meant to be the fucking face of this franchise and can't even be fucked picking up his phone to say g'day to CJ McCollum. What a dick. And so I'm glad that he got called out. That's some definite old mate, no mates uh, vibes. Uh, how about pantsing of the evening? Uh, Andre Drummond. Now, if you listen to this show on the reg, you know that I uh, basically have the point that if you have Andre Drummond on your team, your team is not going to be very good. And Andre Drummond continues to prove that point for me very easily. Uh, I don't know if he's Catholic, but he got baptized today by Jason Tatum. Holy moly. Was that a fucking gnarly yam? Uh, Tatum got up there and just fucking cranked it on Andre Drummond and a couple of other nets. But Andre Drummond wore it on the face. So that's a bit of a pantsin. Who's better than Lonzo Ball, though, Jimmy? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, also, an extra bit of an old mate, no mates. Isaiah Thomas didn't talk to MJ during the uh, NBA 75 ceremony as well, so kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> MJ's just like, nah, fuck Isaiah Thomas forever. Uh, better than Lonzo Ball today, Anthony Simons. Always and forever. We might have to retire Anthony Simons. Like, I mean, the 24th pick, a year after Lonzo gets picked, uh, 25 points he averaged for the month of February so far. And in today's game, he dropped, what, 24, 3-3, shot 7-14, 4-7 from downtown, 6-6 six six at the free throw line in only 29 minutes. He's a weapon. I keep saying it. Just build around Anthony Simons' blazers, and away you bloody go. Penny! Better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Mid-sentence, that was good. Finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week! Uh, I've got a combo here. I mentioned Darren Fox and his NFT project. Uh, so basically it makes, what, about one and a half million bucks in his swipe of the Fox NFT project, which I remember popping up and going, oh, yeah, cool, gnarly, good on him. Uh, basically, it's a high-utility NFT collection, and it went live in January, and then he pulled the pin, uh, basically, la- well, this week, and it's like, nah, I'm del- deleted all its social media stuff, most of its Discord. Uh, essentially, it had 100,000 people in its Discord, and it pulled in about 475 Ethereum, uh, which is about 1.5 mil at the time. And basically, he just pulled the pin and went, oh, yeah, cool, I've got to bounce, see ya. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but it looks pretty fucking bad for Darren Fox. Because uh, he hasn't like communicated that it's being shut down. Beyond, he sort of said, uh, "The time and attention that y'all deserve, and that I wanted to give you all, what this project requires, is not known to me. And I overstepped and stretched myself too thin trying to do this project in the middle of an NBA season. Promise to send anyone who bought more than five NFTs. Uh, that's around thirteen hundred bucks. If you bought them uh, at mint price, he'd send him a signed jersey. Yeah, good job." That's a tough one. And, of course, Andrew Bogut reckons the politicians who don't speak up about Canada or vaccination mandates. Sorry, 
about Canada and vaccination mandates shouldn't say anything about an actual war. Uh, great job. Great job, Bogan. Yes. Yes. Uh, how's your equivalency going? That's uh, not great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some yeah, nahs. This is where we take a bunch of NBA storylines, decide whether they're more yeah, more nah. Number one, are Brooklyn and Philly going to be way better with their new dudes? Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, just look at Brooklyn right now. <laughs> now, I mentioned this earlier, right? Philly, I'm fascinated to see how Harden fits with Embiid because it is like one of those things where you look at it and go, oh, the fit should be perfect, man. It's like, yeah, it's on offense. It's going to be good. And B gets probably, you know, easily the best point guard he's ever played with. Uh, you know, Simmons is a uh, point guard, but it's not exactly a dribble it up, actually be a threat from outside, etc. So off we go. That's going to be fascinating to see, and I can't wait. But I feel like uh, for all the talk, as I mentioned, right, the fit on the court is going to be fascinating to watch unfold. It's going to be trickier than you think. Like, Simo's not going to fit in seamlessly. Like, the Nets going to be trying to figure out Dragic, KD, Kyrie at different times as well. Uh, so there's going to be like speed bumps. And same with Harden and Embiid. But at the same time, I think in the end, perfect timing. you got a third of the season sort of to figure it out. Uh, speaking of which, does Gore on the floor Dragic help the Nets? Yeah, nah. I mean, yeah. But not as much as you might think. Like, in little ways, he's going to help, especially as like an insurance policy backup. Uh, while Kyrie or Simo, etc., are waylaid. Uh, he does give you ball handling, a bit of shooting. Not a huge amount else, but he's better than have than nothing. And sort of just gives you a calm, steady hand. You know? So that's kind of cool. Like, it's a good pickup. It's similar to a bunch of their other ones, though, right? Where it's like, oh, my God, they got Blake Griffin. It's like, yeah... Okay. <laughs> they got Lamarcus Aldridge. All right. Jeez. I'll tell you what would have helped the fucking Nets more than just about anything is getting Joe Harris back and uh, getting Patty on a bit of a heater and not letting him do the sh- three-point shooting comp. It's ruined his shot. Other one. Are Boston good now? Yeah, nah, of course. Yes. They're fine. Like, the fact that the biggest thing is that their defense, as soon as they realize, right, Time Lord, let's let him loose. Uh, we'll move him over to the helper spot. And away we go. They've been fucking unstoppable. Uh, but I still like watching them. You still watch them and go, Jalen Brown, Tatum. The games kind of exist uh, side by side rather than intertwined. But they're so good, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And lastly, will Giddy and Shy Redder, Gilgis Alexander, SGA, will they be a top co- top 10 backcourt next year? So Giddy reckons that you can be a top 10 backcourt in the next few years. What about next year? Yeah, nah. I say nah, because it might be this year. Like, the rest of this season, I think we get to see Giddy, SGA, with Giddy more on ball, unless SGA fucking cracks it about playing off ball a little bit more. I think they could crack a top 10 backcourt. Like, just think about the ones that automatically are ahead of them. Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, Chicago, Brooklyn, if you've got Simo and Kyrie. Clee, I don't know. See, and it gets tricky pretty quickly. Uh, when you think about some of the teams and like the actual backcourts, you go, "All right, well, who actually has two really good guards?" You go, oh, are "SGA and Giddy better than Terry Rose and Lamelo Ball?" And you're like, "Oh, hang on a second, I don't know. Who is Dallas's backcourt?" <laughs> you know, it's tricky. It's very tricky, and it's kind of fun. So, I reckon they could easily be top ten by the end of the season. Just saying. Right, I'm by the opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Uh, it's interesting to watch everybody sort of do this. Oh, well, you know, it's unfair that Kyrie can't play at home and, like, people coming in can. It's like, yeah, no, that isn't fair. It doesn't mean that Kyrie is any less of a piece of fucking shit, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, even if the vaccine mandate is phased out, let's not forget that uh, he's left his mates hanging out to dry all fucking season. Like, who knows if KD 
would have been carrying as much fucking, you know, of a minute's load and putting that much more stress on his body if Kyrie hadn't been a fucking suki la-la. I don't want to get the vaccine. <laughs> and just fucking got it. And fucking he, Harden, and KD could play. Who knows what would have, where they would be sitting right now. Kyrie's still a piece of shit. Just saying. Finally, our back take us. It's Friday at our back. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. Ice cold TGIF. Four for one. Foster's oil drum cans full of icy cold. Foster's lager. That's right. It's Australian for horse piss. Only at our back. Goes great with the flame grill take. And today's flame grill take is... Ben Simmons shouldn't just apologise to his teammates. Contrary to what Seth Curry reckons, he doesn't reckon Simo should apologise for his exit from the Sixers at all. Simo shouldn't just apologise to his teammates, he should apologise to the fans, his teammates, the city itself, the Rocky statue, Sylvester Stallone, the Eagles, the Flyers, the Fresh Prince, everyone who ever bought a fucking Simmons Philly jersey, and not for being a fucking sook. But for subjecting us to the most annoying fucking story of the last eight months, when obviously there's bigger shit we could be worrying about. Only at our back. I'll tell you what. What an annoying fucking story it had been. I'm happy that we can just move on and see them on the court now, right? Yeah? God damn, I'll tell you what. What a bunch of fucking hand-wringing, sooking and just shit. Now let's see him play basketball. Right. Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Australian Player Watch brought to you by Knowable. That's right. What a Chris Paul, NASA Commander, Scott Kelly, and Reddit co-fan Alexis Ahanian have in common. Incredible experiences. They're, they've all turned into audio courses on Knowable. It's basically learning stuff, uh, but, you know, it's kind of like podcasts, but learning stuff better and easier and quicker. I'll tell you that much. Scott Cowley, the NASA commander, teaches about space. Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. And Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian teaches you how to launch a startup. And there's over 100 other experts waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff today, download the Knowable app, bang in the code Strayer and get 20% off getting smarter today. Seriously, it's awesome. I love it. Squid still hates it, but anyway. Paddy Thrills! Australian player watch uh, in that game against Boston. One point. Three assists. 0-9 shooting. 0-5 from downtown. And 1-3 from the free throw line. Not great, Bob. Not great. What are you going to do? Uh, Benny Simmons is sitting courtside. You'd love to see that. Uh, apparently, he's in a better mood, feeling good about himself, in a better mental space than he had been for ages. That's nice. Uh, and the other only, only other Aussie in action today... Was giddy up, Josh Giddy against Phoenix. As mentioned, he had 15 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, four turnovers. But you get that on the big jobs. Seven of 15 from the floor, zero of three from downtown. Love it. We got everybody else in action on the uh, weekend though, so off we go. See how Maddie T is feeling. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's do an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence oh yes I love a gazy award fuck yes Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba alright clap it up there you go alright it's DeMar DeRozan 8 straight games over 35 plus points a game and over 50% from the floor You'll remember that the record was like Wilt. At, he tied that up, and now he's gone ahead of that. Uh, so he's just dropped 45, 38, 36, 35, 38, 40, 38, and 37 in his last eight games. That is fucking ridiculous. And obviously hits the uh, go-ahead buckets today. He's only two games away from equaling MJ's. That's right, Michael Jordan's Bulls record of 10 straight 35-plus point games. Literally any time you're in conversations that involve fucking Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain, you've done pretty bloody well. And you are deserving of the Andrew Gay's Grey Mama Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence because it's excellence. Over an extended period of time, it's an outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. That's what DeMar DeRozan is doing right bloody now. And I fucking love it. All right. Paddy Mills Game Day Ball again to Twitter, check in. 
Uh, this is always just going to be a bit of a Joey Ingles uh, because always got love for the jazz fans. That's what he uh, tweeted out yesterday. I enjoyed that one. Uh, drinking my morning coffee, pretending that I'm as cool as Joe Ingles, says Jennifer Schroeder. And uh, Jingles retweeted that, saying, I have no doubt you are probably cooler. Oh, isn't that nice? And Patty Mills had some uh, good IGs, I'll tell you that much. And uh, if you're uh, not watching it right now, I'll tell you what. Aussies taking on Chinese Taipei in our uh, first, uh, what is it, World Cup qualifier. Let's bloody go. Uh, excited on that. So if you're over the IGs, obviously Nick Kane and a bunch of the blokes have got their uh, jerseys and lots of photos. Basketball Australia with the debutants for the boomers as well. Love to see that. Right. Let's do the game previews for the weekend, shall we? Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. Are you excited for the weekend? Yes. I'm about to run off to the pub right now, uh, hang out, smash a million beers at the curtain tonight, and uh, big weekend ahead. So let's get into it. Uh, so for the picks, you remember we made these picks on Monday. We went one, two, three, four. I think that's four of seven. Or five of seven. Hang on a second. Yeah, missed. I think that's five of seven. Picked Phoenix. Picked Golden State. Yep. Five of seven. Good job, Jimmy. <laughs> Should have uh, been prepared, but whatever, nerd. Uh, 503 we are now on out of 869 picks. So doing pretty bloody well for this season. Hope you're following along and winning some money. Tomorrow, 11 a.m. start. We've got Toronto at Charlotte. I'm taking the Raptors. They're going to be fired up. Charlotte, look. Until they get Gordy Hayward back properly, feeling good, it's going to be tough to take them in too many games. Uh, they're not that deep. But now they have Montrez Harrell. Who knows? But Toronto, better team. on Firing on all the cylinders. Two and a half point favorites. I'll take that. OKC on a back-to-back. They go to Indy to play the Pacers. I'm going to take OKC here, plus seven and a half, because all they do is cover. And uh, it's a bit of a tough spot. But they are young. And Indy are just pretty bad. Indy will probably win this, but I think OKC will make it close. Give me the plus seven and a half. Same goes for Houston going to Orlando. The Rockets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs in Orlando. Orlando was sort of sneaky all right, but Houston against other bad teams, you never know what's going to happen. So give me the points. I'll take the three-and-a-half. San Antonio, they go to Washington. This is really tricky. I'm going to take Washington at home plus one-and-a-half. I mentioned them earlier about I don't want to think about them. But they do have all those young dudes. They're just sort of solid San Antonio, just a bit up in the air at the moment, especially on the road. I'll take Washington plus one and a half after a break. Miami, they go to the Knicks. They're four and a half point favorites. I'm taking Miami in a heartbeat because they're way better than the Knicks. Philly, the debut of James Harden, two and a half point favorites against Minnesota. They're on a back-to-back. I'm taking Philly and Bede Harden get a win in their first outing together. The Pelicans take on Phoenix on a back-to-back. Phoenix at home, seven and a half point favorites of Phoenix. I'm going to take the Pels. Plus seven and a half. CJ McCollum, Spindles Ingram. Let's go. Dallas, six and a half point underdogs in Utah. I'm taking the Mavs. Uh, all they do is win, win, win. Uh, or at least they'll get close. And Clippers, Lakers. Lakers are one and a half point favorites at home against the Clippers. I'm taking the Lakers. Sunday, it's a 4 a.m. start with Boston and Detroit. Give me the Celtics because they're good and Detroit are not. Toronto on a back-to-back. They go to Atlanta. I might have to take the Hawks there uh, just because... Back-to-back for Toronto where they're going from Charlotte to Atlanta. It's not very far, but, I mean, it's just you're playing back-to-back games. And Atlanta are the home team. Cleveland, they host Washington. I'm going to take Cleveland. Uh, speaking of which, they're at home as well. Washington on a back-to-back. Miami, they go home from New York to host San Antonio, who go from Washington. Both teams on a back-to-back. It's a bunch of, uh, what, NBA finals from 2012, 13 no, 13-14. What am I talking about? 13-14 NBA Finals rematches. San Antonio, Miami. I'm going to go the Heat. Just a better team. Chicago host Memphis. This is going to be awesome. Uh, I might have to take Chicago just because I don't know how Jar's going to be feeling. Milwaukee, they host Brooklyn. Give me the Bucks And Denver, they host Sacramento in a home-and-home. Home. I'm taking the Nuggets. Monday, we've got the Knickerbockers of New York City hosting Philly. That's a really tricky one. I think I might have to go Philly, even on a back. So no, they're not on a back-to-back. So yeah, give me Philly. Harden in New York, he's going to drop forty. It's like wow, look how good he is. He can go stay in his own apartment, then he's probably still got there. Phoenix, they host Utah. That's an absolutely tasty. Oh, so that first game's at five a.m. Eastern time, seven thirty for Phoenix Utah. I'm going to take Phoenix. It's a bit tricky though. 
You just never know without CP3 against a good team like Utah, but I'll take the Suns. Boston, they go to Indy, giving the Celtics. Charlotte host Detroit, giving the Hornets. Clippers go to Houston. They should have enough to beat the Rockets. Dallas and Golden State, that is an absolute belter of a matchup. I might take Dallas. They've already beaten Golden State in Golden State before. They can do it again. Denver, they go to Portland. The Blazers are hardcore tanking. I'm taking Denver. And New Orleans go to the Lakers. You know that uh, Spindles and Co. are going to want to go hammer and tongs against the Lakers. I think the Lakers can win that one, though. Uh, I think they just get a couple of really weird wins under their belt after the uh, All-Star break and LeBron's you know, on one. So let's go Lakers there. Nice one. And we'll wrap all those up for you on Monday. Love it. So in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG. We'll be watching all the games as well on the weekend either way. Uh, check out NFL Australia. Myself and Gaz, you know, breaking down the Super Bowl from last week. Adam with World Wrestling Australia over there on YouTube. Always a great time. Follow him at FWCIE on Twitter. NBAstrader.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app. Go to manscaped.com. Use that code Australia. Get 20% off and free shipping. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code Australia. Get there. Get a free sixer if you're in Melbourne. Noble. Download the Noble app. Bang in the code Australia. Get 20% off as well. Big thanks always go to from Oslo for the intro and outro song. Go check out the new band House Hats. And big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator. Gold Mines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Grand 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, however you listen to your tunes, following all your bands. Boom. NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. And that's it for the week. Enjoyed a couple of days off. Uh, so we'll see you again on Monday. That'll be really fun. We'll close out today's show with a uh, classic cooking with Bainsey for you. And so, yeah. Good to be back. Last third of the season. Let's fucking go. Yeah! Alright, we'll catch you Monday, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And, fucking Russia, man. I'll tell you what. Anyway, later, Eisen. Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you, sir? Oh, look at you over there. <laughs> I see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainsy. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsy. Alright, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favourite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the Terps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza! Oh yes, that's right, I love me some Hawaiian pizza. And it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? And also, hey, just just for yous out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongier, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it, unless you want to be like all fancy pants and shit. Because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli, grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And. The key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now, just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now smother it with the tomato paste. Well, snip. There you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now cover this liberally. With the dead pig. Come on, man. you got to put the ham everywhere. You just need hoops and hoops and hoops of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right. Now, drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, 
you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know, just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go. Just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin. And let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right, now here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out, you chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza. Because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsies.